0: Pogo City Radio. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Pogo City Radio. I'm Andrew Bedlam. Gonna be Branton and Raven today. Let's check out the exploit. It never sell out first. <laughs> Andrew Bedlam hanging out on Pogo City Radio. How you uh, people doing? God damn, I got the speakers loud in here. I like that song. I like that song. But uh, yeah, opening up with The Exploit. It recently got to see them. They were a shit ton of fun. And that song rings true. I mean, that's from Fuck the System, one of their later albums, Never Sell Out. Uh, the The album. Fuck the system. The track never sell out, but it holds true. I mean, I just saw them same as it ever was. It sounded like that track. Exactly. That specific song. I remember going to Renee. I said, Renee. You know, I'm really proud of my bass tone And I think, like, where I took what And this and that I said, I sound like him I said, I've never Like, I wasn't trying to do that I was like, but I We sound a lot alike And I said, I kind of play similar She said, you get a little bit more intricate But I was like, yeah, but still just that Aggressive and that gritty And that scooped And uh, I said, but the only difference is I said, Aaron's a way better guitar player <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, no, they, uh, uh, yeah, The Exploited were fucking awesome. They were fucking awesome, and, you know, Waddy's, like, in his fucking 60s, and he's still out there kicking ass and still ain't never sold out. And I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant now, I have wanted to do this for so long, but I, I haven't because I wanted shit to go away and I don't wanna be like people being I'm like, Oh, look at Andrew gossiping and bullshit and drama and blah 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 But now that it's all over the internet and everybody thinks that this um the fuck's it called Punksylvania show is uh, what it really is, a bunch of crap. And um, I've been wanting to say that for so long. I've also been wanting to uh, really clarify that, um, you know, when I got kicked out of One Sided, which I'm totally bitter about, and uh, the the new record was recorded one year ago tomorrow. Facebook just let me know. But um, but, uh, I, I... you know, got mad at somebody and told them to come see me and was talking a bunch of shit. And in the middle of it, I knew they knew those Punksylvania people and I was just mad. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Tell them Punksylvania people. And that's exactly what they did. And then their director of media hits up my band and they're like, look, you're not playing if uh, Andrew's in the band. And they started cutting me out of pictures. That show that people have already bought tickets for, now it's coming out, which I already knew, It's $150 for the camp and for the site. And that's per person. So if it's you, two kids, that would be four hundred and fifty dollars. Get this. Most of the bands not even paid. I was in one of the bands. I never wanted to play this show. It was the part of the whole reason I most of the a lot of the reason I got kicked out. And um I said from the gate, I said it last year, I said these are just some people hanging out with the wheelchairs. I said, and they're not really our type. I sh- I really don't, tr- I try to not be like poser or real punk, but I will say not my type. Of punk that's how I would phrase it I could just tell from the gate and I knew that it wasn't something that I wanted to be associated with and um, I remember telling blanks last year that I didn't think they should play it telling Renee telling Renee and Mike and they were saying now I'm sitting here I didn't do this on purpose I got a blank 77 shirt on a blank 77 hat and my very first tattoo was a blank 77 tattoo I was, I could drive to that show with them last year for free, chilling in the car with Mike and Renee, like I always loved doing, like I dreamt about in high school, going to a music festival, air quotes, in the middle of the fucking woods, mad far away, in Pennsylvania from some people from Long Island or some shit, throwing it. And uh, I was like, guys, that's not going to be worth it. I'm not going to go. And they were like, What? I was like, yeah, I don't really like camping and it was like, well, we're not gonna stay all night. And I was like, I don't wanna drive that far. It's gonna it's gonna blow. I said, I'm not gonna say this on the show. I hope it works out well. I said, but guys, I can tell that shit is not legit. Like that those people are not like our type of punk. I said they're trying to be like a warp tour and not even like an early warp tour, like and it's not it's not even like those epitaph bands, it's like bands that we see at the alt gallery for $10 and that's another thing, like, I don't understand right, like, I'll promote shows you tell me you got a show going on in California we got listeners in California, yeah, I'll say go to your fucking show, but I'm not throwing a show in California, uh, like I'm not a booking agent, I'm some uh, I'm not on tour, I'm some guy who lives in eastern Pennsylvania who occasionally books Hole in the DIY punk shows. You know what I mean? And um, I wouldn't go to like Ohio. And like try and throw a DIY or even a festival show for the simple fact is even when we work in like Scranton and stuff, I'm like, well, look, people, when people would ask me to do it, I'd be like, but you guys are from that city. I'm not. I'm like, you guys are really the people who got to get people to come. Like normally that would be the promoter's job. But this is kind of out of my jurisdiction. If you guys want to work together, I'm letting you know, I'll spread my fat mouth all over the place. But you guys really got to get the kids to come from your neighborhood and these people are from Long Island and or something somewhere in New York which is far cooler than anywhere in Pennsylvania and it's like you're not even part of your own local scene like you're not doing this in New York and you don't have like like bands from New York and you're not at like like I'm sorry I know people in the New York scene and I see pictures in the New York shows and it's like I don't know. It seems like you're not in that scene either. And it's like, so what? And now it's finding out after people bought tickets that there's this huge other charge and people, they're not even paying most of the bands. You look at the flyer with all those big names at the top. That's who's getting paid. There's a billion other bands on there not even getting paid. Get this. Get this. Get this. this. The bands, if they want to stay, they have to pay. As a member of a band that they asked to play when I was in it, if I wanted to stay at that lame-ass show, after I played for free, I would have to give them $150 to stay at the campsite. If I had Rude Girl Jess with me, it would then be $300, okay? And then I would have to pay for the next day's ticket. Guys, I am the furthest person to call people fake. I advocate for Aaron Michelow, kind of just to troll people sometimes. Guys, this is fucking ridiculous. This isn't the fucking Misfits, and people severely bitch about that. Uh, uh, Justfully so, but I almost feel that more valid. Than this, cause at least the misfits are playing the uh, paying the fucking opening acts. Like, are you kidding me? Do you I don't remember what the prices are for vendors, but everybody's fucking complaining about them. And it blew up all over Facebook. Finally, I was like, oh my god, I wanted to scream this. I, I've been cutting short on some of the episodes and stuff, cause I've been holding my tongue back, not wanting to talk too much shit on one side it, not wanting to let everybody know that this punksylvania is some pussy shit and who the fuck wants to go to day camp my mother sent me to day camp through the boys and girls club in union new jersey in like 1996 i went for one day and i said mom i will never go there again what punks no that's not even something i want to entertain this kinder punk bullshit that said people you know like me for telling motherfuckers who harass and violate my wife to come see me, you know where I live? Get me kicked out of bands because I'm too violent and crazy. And these messages could get out. And that's going to look bad on Punksylvania. And then people who are supposed to be my best friends are like, Dude, they're not fake. You did this on purpose because you don't like them. And uh, then these people... I could. Oh, it's ridiculous. Rant. That was... Yeah, can't... Triple digits. After you buy tickets. Tickets are separate. Tickets are separate. And they're not paying most of the bands they're charging most of the bands that's why i told i said renee i I wasn't going last year i said guys good luck but it's it's gonna blow and though so respectfully are just like oh but we're just not gonna play it next year you know what i mean the very me nah you want to fucking fuck my whole shit up you know what i mean on the deal with your a head of media. The thing that's even funnier, dude, is like it's so fucking lame. And I said to the band, I said, guys, the fact that they have a head of media proves my point. About these guys not being our type, which I had been saying for months before we even had drama. I said I never wanted to play the show. I didn't want to play it the first year. We didn't get asked. I didn't want to play it the second year when they were all on their dicks. And uh, it was just going to be run by, like, the wheelchairs until it came out that they did that shit to Jessica. And uh, then they got distant from them. But when I talked shit to them, oh, they cozied right back up and needed to put me out of the band because, you know... It could make Punksylvania look bad with their three-digit ticket prices. We do not need this shit in punk rock. Punk rock should be a safe space for everyone from all creeds and genders. I don't even know what that fucking word means. It should be for black people, white people, Spanish people, Asian people, Middle Eastern people, gay, straight, QR. I don't give a fuck. That I'm all about. This pussy-ass other shit. Like, we're, oh, you, you offended me. Like, no, no, no. If, 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 if you're degraded and called a racial slur, that's different. But when two adult men are just like, yo, fuck you, fuck you, and you guys are like crying over this shit, trying to have it be a safe space, too scared to come to shows... Fuck that shit, fuck three digit ticket prices where you don't even pay the fucking bands. And FYI, I love the casualties. I also have a casualties tattoo, not trying to throw any shade at them, but guys, perhaps if this was Oklahoma, but like the casualties, we can all see the casualties for $20 like next month. And like they're from over here. Like they're a great band, I love them, I've seen them a million times. But I even I said to the band when I was saying I didn't want to play. I said, guys, I'm not playing first. I'm telling you, I don't give a fuck. You call me a rock star. I said, absolutely not. We we have more experience than a fucking third of the bands on that roster. And I know we're going to be first because you're just blowing them to get on this show. And it was like to mend things about the wheelchairs. And I didn't like that either. I always saw that like undertone of it. I didn't want any good shit to happen to me or us because like, oh, fuck the wheelchairs. I just wanted it to be fuck the wheelchairs. You know what I mean? Not trying to like profit off it. And I was I kind of felt that way because it was it really like sealed the deal then. And I was like, dude, I'm not playing first and I said I said, and jokingly, like the fifth time, I said, that doesn't mean I want to play fucking second either. Lineup announced, one-sided playing second. We were dead last on the flyer. Dead last. I was like, guys, this is ridiculous. We can play shows in Scranton to a packed house and pay all the bands gas money, you know, 50, 100 bucks, because the show's only going to take in three, 400. You know what I mean? So like... Dude, they're charging vendors out the ass. Like, seriously. Like, it was really LCJ, who, you know, was my serious homegirl for a while, and I just find it just ironic that she's the one who really shed all the light on this and everybody started complaining, and now I feel all vindicated and can yell about it finally. (laughs) But, But, like, literally, someone like LCJ, right? LCJ. She would work any show for free. She would work the show for free, even if she only had a babysitter for a half the night. She would do it on a random weekend. She would do it for bands she's never heard of, and she would bend over backwards and uh, book any of them. A girl like her, who's part of our local scene, you know, I mean, who I've, we, you know. Th- she, if she was to take her kids to the show, she would have to buy all them tickets, she would have to pay 150 for herself, 150 for her oldest, another 150 for her middle, and a fourth installment of 150 being $600. What are, is this a campsite with gold fire pits? Like, I don't, there's no room, this isn't my type of funk. That's all I'm fucking saying. I just saw the exploited in a giant fucking auditorium that Aerosmith would play out. And there's still not a sellout. No, not a person on this globe would call the exploited a sellout. I just saw them sell out a place Aerosmith would play. And it was fucking amazing. And everything about it was real punk from the openers, from fucking total chaos to the Chrome Eggs to the virus to the motherfucking exploited. They sell out that room, and they're still not fucking sellouts. These motherfuckers aren't from this fucking neighborhood, aren't from this fucking state. Come from a place far cooler as far as a music scene, far bigger, far easier to draw a crowd. And I don't get it. If you're trying to turn a profit, which I'm not saying I think that's good why aren't you in New York? Like, what is going on? Why? Why? Because you came up with some kind of clever name. We got heads of media, which are probably actually some woman with a part-time job who's messing around on Facebook. As I am some guy with a full-time job being some asshole on Facebook with a fucking podcast. Yo, go to PogoCity.com, iTunes, Insta- Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, all that shit. But it's just so funny. But, like, I don't call myself the, uh, the head of marketing for Pogo City Radio. Like, come on, people. Fuck off. Like, go be in the pop punk scene or whatever. I don't fucking know. We're going to get to another awesome band that cannot wait to sell out. And somehow, after my rant, I still oddly agree. I'm talking about the sloppy seconds. And, um, I am now stalling because I cannot find the track. I can't wait to sell out. And, uh, let me, I'm going to have to type it in. Let me try. Uh, I'm just going to throw that shit in Spotify real quick. Just saw the sloppy seconds. I don't know. Maybe it was like a year ago now. I'm not sure it was fucking amazing though. Picked up one of their, uh, glow in the dark vinyls And uh, also got the B.A. bobblehead. It sucked, though, because the bobblehead came broken. But I put one of my daughter's um, hair clips on there to fix it. And uh, I can still not. Is it not called I Can't Wait to Sell Out? Maybe it's just called Sell Out. I'm doing great stalling. If you guys aren't watching the video, I've been typing in my phone the entire time. And uh, just trying to find this song that I guess... We are not going to play, but we're still going to play some sloppy seconds. We're going to go to the record that I thought it was off of. Oh, my God. This just deserves a... I may have f***ed up here. Even though I didn't, like, I haven't even, like, stuttered yet. But we're going to get to a different sloppy second song, even though I would love to play their I can't wait to sell out song. We are going to get to smashed again, because pretty soon it's going to be illegal to be smashed in punk rock. Oh, these goddamn bastards. I got 99 problems, and this show is apparently all of them. But um, actually, I, I got a lot of problems, and the show isn't nearly all of them. Here's sloppy seconds. Not the motherfucking sloppy seconds the motherfucking sloppy seconds. How about that glow in the dark fucking vinyl? i never seen anything like that in my life. When I took it out and it was a gift to uh, Rude Girl Jess, it, w- it was a gift to her and I'm looking at it I'm like, this is the weirdest colored vinyl I've ever seen. I was like, it almost looks like that material that would be like a glow in the dark. Well, then we turned out the fucking lights. Holy shit. Glow in the dark vinyl. What will they think of next? Speaking of vinyl, you know, that fucking one Inside it, Parasitic's record still coming out. It's uh, finally in production. Like I said, I saw I got a uh, bass the day before we recorded that, and in Facebook it came up in my memories that I got the bass today which means it's a year ago we recorded the thing, and it is still not out. Blank 77 recorded one week later a split made by people in Germany on another continent, and that shit sold out already sold out and still not a sellout. and uh, see, that's what I'm fucking talking about that's what I'm fucking talking about that's that's always that's what I've been talking about from the game fuck that sellout shit but sell out that fucking club and sell out that record motherfucker people support bands support your local band support your local scene throw shows Pay hey bands, gas money. Try and get it BYO. Do whatever you can. Do it in a basement. Do it in a backyard. Fucking crusty fuck Josh built a stage that's been to like eight different venues now for Pogo City on his fucking weekends years ago. This thing has been in multiple states, parking lots, bars, VFWs, stage dive, painted so many different colors with stickers, beer, vodka, fucking fake spider webs. So much blood, sweat, and tears on that stage. Go book a show. I need to book a show. That song motivated the fuck out of me. And I really need to take a dab. Actually, I'm just motivated because I've had myself muzzled for, like, fucking months now. And it makes doing my podcast where I usually just say, fuck, you blow me so hard to do. But I really care about being in a band, so I've been trying to mind my P's and Q's. How fucking lame is that? But, yeah, I love that everybody finally realized. Like, people, this isn't our punk. Let's get back to the tracks i got some other shit to talk about but i gotta unwind a bit we are going to play uh we got a show coming up this weekend going down at the meat locker the oc rivers playing with a bunch of other people i'll be there i have to uh bring up the flyer in a minute But uh, we're going to get to their demo because I'm sorry. I fucking love this song. And uh, Lyle, I don't know if you're listening. I know Johnny listens and I fucking love Johnny. Can't wait to see him. But uh, is the OC Rippers playing or is it the Executors? Oh, fuck. We're going to check on that. Pretty sure it's the OC Rippers. Maybe it's both of them. Johnny's in both of them. But uh, Lyle, dude, fucking... Rude Girl Jess will not stop talking about your stage presence. She just keeps saying that you are... At first it was Iggy Pop, but then it was Iggy Pop mixed with Steve Bader's. Like, oh my god, how fucking... (laughs) How fucking legendary is that? She's going on and on for days about you dumping champagne in her mouth from the stage and your faces and movements and what a great fucking front man you were and how much she loved seeing you guys. And I'm, I'm still going to play the demo, dude. I love your vocals in the demo. I do. I do. It's, it's, it's very Mike Blanksy. Here's... Uh, the OC Rippers, come see them. Hopefully them. I'm pretty sure I'm right with that. At the Meat Locker, I'll be at some show at the Meat Locker Friday. Uh, we're gonna look for the flyer in a second. Here's the OC Rippers, never coming down. Ah, I'm fucking shit up. Fucking shit up.
1: English motherfucker, do you speak it? I may have f-ed up here.
0: OC Rippers. fucking dumbass forgot to take a dab or as i was making it played a less than two minute long song and didn't have time to take a dab so i'm a little i'm a little disappointed about that but uh, another thing i'm disappointed about oh my god i've been trying to get this special cr- cranker so there was the speaker cranker a uh guitar effects pedal by Earthquaker Devices, right? And uh, it didn't even like really show up on my radar, but they upgraded it and came out with the special cranker, which is the exact same color of my creamsicle orange Fender jazz bass, and we all know how much I love that creamsicle orange color. And um, fucking, uh, what the fuck? was I just talking about? I'm fucking stoned, that had something to do with orange. What did I like that's orange? Oh, that pedal, Earthquaker Devices, yes. Okay, so this pedal, now we're, we're going into Nerdville. Strap in, strap, you may not know now. You will be enlightened once we commence. All right, so uh, yes, okay, so the way distortion pedals work, let's, oh God, I'm gonna come in my pants talking about this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what is the point of an effects box? What is the point of a distortion? What is overdrive? What's the difference between overdrive, fuzz, distortion, boost? Are they all the same? Kind of. Not really at all, though. A little bit, though. <laughs> but <laughs> so I, I do gotta like preface this with like, play what you like. Who cares how expensive it is and if it's rare or sought after, if it sounds good. It is good, all right? Like, maybe if you're a professional musician and you gotta worry about playing venues and uh, going into a board and your tone, then obviously you're gonna sculpt it a little bit more. But, like, if you're some teenage kid and you push the oh shit button, the distortion button on your Fender Squire 10-watt amp in your bedroom and rock the fuck out, like, totally do that. But when you wanna split hairs and be all obsessive and argue about things, or just... Be, you know, educated and honestly, like I know my tones because I know this shit. Like I literally learned about sound from being like it explained to me. Do you know what I'm saying and a lot of it comes from like the j h s show on youtube j h s pedals I fucking love them a lot of it I watch a lot of people like um the dude Tyler from music is win and i'm I'm in all those hardcore fucking youtube fucking things and uh but yeah so When did rock and roll really get moving and there would be no punk rock, you know what I mean, without rock and roll? I guess as long as... Because there would have been no distorted guitar and no distorted guitar, no punk rock. Punk rock is like rock music at its most primal, perhaps. But there needs to be an electric guitar. There, there needs to be. So, uh, what makes the electric guitar special? Distortion, overdrive, crunch. That's what makes it special, and that is the centerpiece of all you know, rock and roll music of any type, from metal to grunge to punk. Okay. Uh, like, so what happens? Somebody played through a broken amp. Uh, some people say it was um, you know uh, uh, ah, what's his name? He uh, Everybody hates him. He used to beat up uh, Whitney Houston. Uh, Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor. Rocket 88. Uh, whatever band he was in. They were driving to Sun Studios. Very famous place. Uh, you know uh, Elvis recorded his first tracks there. Sam Phillips uh, ran the place. New Elvis biopic out. Can't wait to see that. But they were driving there. One of the amps fell out of the car Got a little busted. Sam Phillips took some duct tape, maybe a book of matches, whatever, just some random objects from the studio, wedged it in the back, and that thing was crunching like they never heard it before. They did multiple take I don't know. I don't think they did multiple I don't know that part, but it got used. The broken amp got used. He says he's the first one to do it. There's also a Marty Robbins bass line where the where the bass is like pretty much plugged directly in to the mixer the soundboard and like the track just like fuzzes out like it just blows and like it just cuts through where there's not really much vocals going on and it's some little like, you know, trinky 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 old 1950s country song this predates rocket 88 which is the Ike Taylor thing and uh, Ike Turner thing and um the bass fuzzes out and some people say that's the first use of distortion then there's also my favorite story what is it the Davies Brothers the Kinks now this would be a little bit later um, the 60s and early 60s British Invasion and I fucking love the Kinks and I love that they were getting back together saying they wanted to go on like a pub tour because if you ask me some people say the who like you know I know everybody says the Ramones and the Dolls and stuff but like you know some people are like the who Really had They were punk To me it was the Kinks If you want to go with bands like No the Kinks man That sound Those vocals And that distorted guitar And the Davies brothers uh, Always feud The two guys Two of the guys From the Kinks And um, they go back and forth With They were in an argument And in a fit of rage One of them says They stabbed it with a knitting needle The other brother says He's lying And he cut it with a knife Regardless, one of the Davies brothers purposely damaged the amp, the speaker cabinet, the the speaker cone, the paper speaker cone, cut it. Or poked holes in it, damaged it, probably cut it. That's more believable. And uh, like, why did he have a knitting needle? And that's what a ripped speaker sounds like. Go listen to You Really Got Me by the Kinks, the mono version. It's on Spotify. I would play it, but we will get muted. So, but um, so that to me, Like those are the stories of Distortion and Overdrive and it comes from broken amps. Then you got Eric Clapton coming onto the scene with Marshall amps and Gibson fucking humbucker pickups just turning everything on 12. Marshall amps were supposed to be Fender amps but the Brits wouldn't allow, there was some like trade embargo, I don't know the specifics, but at this time period, we're talking 60s so we're talking like when Zeppelin's coming up and um, you know, Eric Clapton Jimi Hendrix is over there at this time. There was an embargo. You couldn't import American amps. Everybody wanted Fender amps. Jim Marshall was a drummer with a drum shop, and uh, he also sold amps, and they said if... You could make an amp that was like Fender. Everyone would buy it. Everybody wants these Fender amps. Nobody can get them because of the government and da-da-da-da-da. You got to smuggle them into the country. You got to get to America and smuggle them in. So there's people like Pete Townsend and Keith Richards getting away with it, but like everyday Joes can't. And uh, so Jim Marshall goes to work, gets a hold of, um, I don't know, I think several of them, but there was like the Fender Twin, uh, the, um, the Fender Princeton, the Fender Basement and uh, he's probably using... Probably the twin, but, um, uh, and like, it's almost like a mad scientist. Like, it goes wrong. Like, he doesn't replicate it at all. He replicates something like much heavier. And that's where that British sound comes. And they had a darker sound. And Eric Clapton was turning these giant marshals. So was Jimi Hendrix. Just everything on 11. Diamond it all out. It only goes to 10. Spinal tap, if you don't know. But, uh, so, uh, diamond everything out. And just deafening volumes. And it's literally like the amp's about to explode. And that's what distortion is. People wanted that sound. The engineers, the people sitting behind the boards like I am, it drove them crazy. They were like, what's wrong with this fucking prick? There's this story about Eric Clapton. And uh, this is when everyone's like calling him God and spray painting God. He himself said he had an enormous ego at this time. And... uh, they're they're like, look, you need to turn that down. And he just very politely is like, uh, but I but I can't turn it down. And they're like, the sound engineer has never seen anything like this. They can't. You're blowing everything up. You're bleeding through all the mics. And he goes, but I can't turn it down. I'll lose my sound. And that was precisely true. Eric Clapton's famous tone from. Um, what is the album, the, the Blues Breakers album? They call it the Beano album because Eric Clapton was disinterested in the photo shoot and was paging through a British comic book, Beano, but um, they uh, his tone from that pretty much, uh, he leaves them, gets mad right as they go on tour, but makes them kind of notable and famous at the time, and um, he then makes cream with, like, uh, Jack Bruce and, um, oh, um, Ginger Baker, and, um, but basically too much loudness, so Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, people want to sound like them, but they don't have the space, and they don't want to break their eardrums in their bedrooms of these giant 412 Marshalls dimed out, overdriving them, so what it is, is taking that overdriven tube amplifier, the Fender and Marshall amps, of course, being tube driven, meaning there is a vacuum tube inside the amp, several of them, pieces of glass, cylinders, you could call them, and um, they're in there, and you're overdriving them. You're 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 forcing them too hard. You're running it too hard, like if you were revving your engine, and like to an unhealthy portion. So what guitar pedals did was they took that and they got rid of the volume. They made the explosion. I should say overdrive pedals. They made the explosion happen without the volume happening. But then you get people splitting hairs, and they're like. They're like, well, it doesn't sound the same. You need vacuum tubes. You need like a 10 watt Fender Champ and you need to dime it out and blow it the fuck up and record that on a microphone because when you record typically you want a lower sound as they were trying to explain to Eric Clapton. So after this, one way before guitar pedals, the overdrive pedals, people were doing it was instead of recording with these giant amps, just getting 10-watt amps and blowing them up because you can blow them up at a quieter volume. That's why if you see like a fucking 5-watt Supro being sold, it's 5 watts, and you're like, what do you mean? That can't just be 5 watts, and it's like $700. It's because people are doing that with it, and it's really a recording tool. So they took that idea and put it in a pedal. But most pedals didn't run on tubes, and even if there's a tube in them, a la a tube screamer, it doesn't necessarily work the same way at all. Most people were creating overdrive With silicon transistors, silicon is an element. Now, let's also take into consideration, especially at this time period, we're now saying in the 1960s, Hendrix is on the scene. He really makes, he's on the London scene. He really makes... Um, distortion and pedals famous he has every pedal is being like given to him first a legendary fuzz face that is tech modded and um but um you know uh losing my train of thought oh silicon transistors okay so uh, that was a different element used okay so things aren't being invented For guitar players, all of these technologies are actually being designed for like the medical fields and they're mispurposing, repurposing the parts on some like mad scientist shit. You know what I'm saying? So the elements they're using to create these products, especially at these time periods, aren't necessarily aren't at all designed for the process they are using them for. So they are taking silicon to replicate the sound of an overdriven vacuum tube, okay? Then, but here's the deal. So silicon, uh, well before I tell you the deal, we're gonna move on to the next evolution a couple years later, the fuzz face. New York City happens. So the first ever tone, uh, the first ever pedal, period, is the fuzz the fuzz face and keith richards uses it on satisfaction you've heard it a million times the line is like you know what i mean Uh, i can't get no that's it satisfaction that is the maestro fuzz tone okay and so they're a major band at the time and um so, you know, they have producers and shit. They're not there behind the board. Keith Richards records 9,000 parts. He does that little lead 5,000 times. It's really only supposed to be for a demo similar to the Dead Boys' entire record, Young, Loud, and Snotty. Go into the archives, listen to the more previous episode. And uh, but uh, I sidetracked myself. Oh shit, we were on Keith Richards. Okay, a million takes and uh, he doesn't even know which ones get used. It's supposed to be a demo. It's supposed supposed to be a horn part, there's supposed to be a trumpet playing that melody, right? And uh, somebody used this buzz, terrible sounding, bees in a can tone of Keith Richards uh, doing Satisfaction. There's interviews I've seen him say in them that uh, he thought his career was over. The song came on. He never heard it. The song came on the radio. It was the new signal, single. He hears that and he goes, oh, my God, my career's over. Horribly embarrassed, thinking it's over. Dude revolutionized the world. Put the Rolling Stones really on the map. Put guitar pedals on the map. And... Um, yeah, yeah, it, it would be uh, modified. It's got a classic bad tone. They only sold three in the first year. They sold three, and one of those three got to Keith Richards and l- made it legendary status. Like 18 months later, somebody would mod it and uh, change it a little, and that's when you get to the tone bender, which is really the first mod, if you think about it, marketed as a different pedal. It was similar to how Jim Marshall was trying to recreate the Leo Fender amp, someone was trying to fix in their eyes the fuzz face because it was too much treble and the tone bender comes out after that. A little bit more progression in the fuzz. These would be classified as fuzz. Think of hippie tones. Think of Hendrix. This is what fuzzes. I've been saying overdrive. Shouldn't be using that in the 60s so much yet. These are really fuzzes. These motherfuckers were lighting things on fire. And even Keith Richards buzzing in a can B tone. What that really does is isolate a frequency and make it really cut through. So even though you listen to that tone by itself, it sounds like garbage. That's why it works so well in the song, though, because it's an isolated frequency. And that's why you always hear me talking about scooping the mids when I would play with one-sided because I would hope that Aaron would have a heavy mid-driven guitar. Stay, I would stay out of those frequencies, go to the low and the high. We can make a wall of sound instead of there being too much guitar or too much bass or just a bass that follows the guitar we could be and plenty of people do this i i didn't design this but um a lot of those guys didn't understand what i was talking about at all but <laughs> that is how it works and that's really how everyone could be heard without having to like change levels everyone stands in their own part of the frequency and then we can all be featured but um so as guitar pedals evolve we get to the fuzz face trying to change it up we uh go round so they look at it was not new york i don't know why i said that they look at a mic stand they want it to stand out they see the mic stand and now they're using a different element They're now using I said they were using silicon. They were using germanium in the beginning. Now silicon comes out Fuck I fucked up. Okay, so the original way they were trying to replicate the vacuum tube was with Germanium then later silicon came why did silicon come going back to the medical industry silicon was Unreliable it changed with the heat people would die because of like temperature changes and the machines wouldn't work right because silicon is very temperamental and it behaved that way in a guitar pedal as well. How so? Every germanium pedal, if we had a germanium tone bender right here, whether it was made in the 60s or made yesterday, if it was based on germanium transistors, all of them will sound different they will all sound different. Each pedal made on the same day in the same factory will sound different. Not only will the pedals sound different from each other, they will sound different in different temperatures. There's talk of uh, Dwayne Allman, one of the most famous slide tones in uh, classic rock, keeping all his germanium pedals in the freezer or the fridge. And um, I've seen on the JHS show... Josh saying people have called him playing music festivals in a desert like what do i do my pedal won't work that he designed cuz it's a germanium pedal and it's too high and it'll the 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 temperature's too high and perhaps the pedal will work but it doesn't sound right it's not that it doesn't work it sounds different So, silicon comes along, stabilizes everything. Now, if you buy a silicon fuzz face, all of them will sound the exact same if they are made to that spec. Okay? So, using silicon parts, everybody, the the armchair old school guys all say germanium's better. But, Jimi Hendrix preferred silicon. And, um, how are you really going to know the difference? Fuck with Jimi Hendrix preferred. You need to hear the difference, okay? Not only do you need to hear the difference, you need to play the difference. what are you gonna do? Buy ten thousand pedals? Yeah, that's what I did. But sometimes you come along a real cool pedal, like this special cranker circling way the fuck back to twenty four minutes ago. and uh, this, overdrive pedal. That is just $99 made from a boutique-esque, which once was boutique, now a little bit more mainstream, still fucking awesome, still DIY, still good circuitry, still good tones, still awesome designs. Only $99 for this special cranker overdrive with a toggle switch that allows you to switch through germanium, and silicon transistors, bitches. $99 overdrives, both transistors. Settle the argument for yourself. FYI, each germanium part of that pedal will sound slightly different. Now to you people who don't even play guitar, you ain't gonna notice a fucking thing. (laughs) Oh, but to people recording and people really listening and people who maybe don't play but are advocate music listeners I even started showing Sean. I had to prove him wrong. He's like, dude, I don't hear anything different I don't hear anything different. I'm like if you shut the fuck up <laughs> Renee was here. I had to be mad rude and just listen Sean Just listen. If you let me play both you will see it. And then he goes, oh wow, no, that's a huge difference. My bad I was like, you fucking asshole. I'm right about everything Just like Punksylvania <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm dying for this pedal. I got a, uh, another raise at my real job unexpectedly. I'm getting screamed at. My boss was like, you want? I work for one guy. I work for one guy. We build houses, me and him. It's just me and him. I have a lot of felonies. It's hard for me to get jobs. So this dude pays me plenty and uh, yells at me plenty, too. But I don't really give a fuck. And he's sitting there fucking last Friday going, you want to fu- say you want more fucking money? You're fucking working harder. I'm not even fucking doing anything wrong. And <laughs> everyone that worked for us quit. Because of things like this. And uh, I was just like, mm, okay, whatever. i just roll with the punches. And uh, my I never asked for more money, though, was the funny part. <laughs> and then he leaves and comes back with my pay and goes, eh, I gave you a raise. You're the only one who puts up my shit. I'm sorry. I can be an asshole. I gave you a raise. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't ask for a raise. You yelled at me for it. <laughs> And then gave me one. You yelled at me for a raise I didn't ask and then gave me one. I'm fine with it. Yell all you want, my man. That's why I'm not afraid to say it. Yes, I don't care. If you pay me enough, you too can yell at me. But I get a raise and I'm like, I'm gonna buy this fucking special cranker. I want this fucking special cranker. It's $99, it's got germanium and silicon. And I bought, I really, 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 really want it, a germanium fuzz face. And I ordered one, uh, it, it, I think Rude Girl just gave me, or my mom gave me some money for like my birthday and I ordered one and I was all excited and it took forever to come cause it was like in the middle of COVID And then I finally got it and I know, I know pedals. I know, speaking about how germanium is temperamental, I know that a germanium pedal has to be first in your signal chain, meaning if you have a line of pedals, be it two, be it 45, your germanium pedal is gonna have to be nearest to the instrument. The cable is going to have to go from your guitar to your instrument, It's from your instrument to that germanium pedal and then other pedals can continue off of that, or else it's just gonna sound gated as fuck, and spitty, and not in a good way, even if you like gated, spitty sounds. And um, there's a trick with a fuzz face where you dime out the controls, the two controls on it, And what you really do is you play with the volume on your guitar. A lot of people in punk rock don't touch their tone knobs, don't touch their volume knobs. I fuck with my tone knobs. Hard body, son. But my volume knob, not so much. So what do I do? I buy things to make me figure out how to do it. So I wanted to buy this fuzz face, so I would start figuring out how to use my volume knob, because it's said that some of the most classic clean tones ever recorded aren't clean at all. They're dimed out fuzz faces with the volume control rolled back on the guitar, which... It lowers the voltage, therefore not overdriving the amp, getting back to blowing up the amps. When we turn down the volume knob on our guitar, especially with certain pedals, we might not lose volume for most of that. Say you go from 10 to zero. From like 10 to two, you might not really lose volume. You end up more compressed with less gain. So then a trick is, like maybe in your verse, you only got your volume knob three quarters of the way up, so you still dirt. But you're a little bit more compressed, you're a little tighter, you're a little cleaner, and then that chorus comes and you just crank that volume real quick and then you get flooded with gain. Eric Johnson, famous, you know, solo guitar player, does this in one of his like most famous Tracks You can look it up on YouTube. Just type in Eric Johnson. It's the first thing that'll fucking come up. He's wearing like a marching band uniform. That's all he's doing is riding the volume knob and changing the voltage of the guitar because upping the voltage when I was saying Eric Clapton with his humbuckers opposed to single coil pickups, talking about the microphones attached to the guitars, humbuckers with two single coil magnets opposed to a single coil with one single coil copper covered wired magnet. The humbucker using two, it ups the volts, it doubles the volts, therefore your amp overdrives quicker. I currently am playing single coils because I like the brittleness of a Tele, the cutting of a Tele, and I do things with many pedals to change my low end. And uh, But I do want something with humbuckers as well, humbuckers, if you're really going for that natural overdriven sound, you want a low watt amp with some humbuckers cranked. And uh, But back to my fuzz face, I got a Germanium one, it finally comes, I know you can't put pedals in front of it, and I don't realize my wireless system basically a guitar pedal. That's what made me think to put it on my pedal board. But eh, that goes both ways. We'll get to that. So I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can't use this pedal because I can't play wireless. I knew I couldn't put pedals in front of a germanium pedal, but my wireless is basically a pedal. I'm a dumbass. So I sold it. And I bought a different JHS pedal that is literally my least favorite pedal. It is the Paul Gilbert pedal. I love JHS. And that pedal's totally fucking awesome. And it's my lack of skill that makes that pedal not cool. Because that pedal is built to shred. It sounds like absolute garbage when you play chords. Why is that? Because there's a a, uh, pre-EQ boost okay? And we're boosting the signal before it would normally be boosted. What does that do? It absolutely annihilates and destroys everything, and it makes your chords sound like garbage. But remember when we were talking about isolating frequencies and how Keith Richards' tone on satisfaction is an actually good, but he himself says that. It is famous however because it's isolated and it stands out and it cuts in the mix and it's a different tone. This pedal does that. I don't play solos good enough to use this pedal. I liked the color and the sneaker and I think Paul Gilbert is cool and I love JHS. So I sold the pedal I really wanted, got a pedal that I can barely use and then decided that I really only need a wireless system on my bass and I then could have had the germanium pedal the whole time because now i always wire my guitar and i'm very upset about this but this special cranker came along and it's like i can have both of them and my crazy ass will still buy probably all three versions of the fuzz face that being the germanium the silicon and the special jimi hendrix modified one but yes god damn that was some nerdery If you guys missed the beginning, I went on a really bad rant about Punksylvania. I'll be uh, publishing the podcast. Once we're done, you guys can go to PogoCity.com to hear it there. And uh, yeah, we're going to play some music. We're going to play some overdriven music. And my shit is not cooperating, and I'm getting very mad. Okay, what do we want to hear? We want to hear some fucking foreskins. Cause I ain't saying sorry for shit. Ah, by Fungal, you know what I'm saying? Fungal, it's just been that kind of, every track we go to play, every track. This new board got me tripping, son. I sound ridiculous. Here's the four skins. I still ain't sorry for shit.
1: Deb now
0: skins. Yes, I just got a, um, a lovely text message from Miss uh, <laughs> Miss Renee Blanks and uh it is a uh, I'm like what the fuck is she sending me? I'm like did I do something wrong? Uh-oh. Did I say something I shouldn't have? And it's a, it's a picture of some shatter and it looks fucking phenomenal and I came in my pants. <laughs> I definitely definitely it's some straight up shatter it's like that shit like it's great super annoying you know you you hit it it goes to ping across the room that's why i got i have so many dab accessories i'm an accessories kind of guy but uh yeah dude like i just bought a bunch of new mats like small ones i have i have like my big green mat and i have like my rick and morty bong fucking pad it's giant but I got a bunch more silicone pads. I almost said silicon. Got a bunch more silicon, silicone. Sili- silicone? Got a bunch more silicone pads. Just for like around the house and in Pogo. And just needed like a bigger area. Got all these new tools and my stands. I fucking love it. And she says, it's good. We got a bunch of them little. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Silicone containers. I think I might be stoned. I don't know how many pots have you smoked, but uh, yeah, I am baked. Oh, Renee bought shatter. Yes, great. I love it. God bless New Jersey and their fucking legal weed. Oh God, I'm I'm literally I'm I'm I feel great right now, and I'm uh, I'm smoking a bunch of this fucking. and It's not even shatter. It's crumble. I mean, it's very close to shatter, but shatter's just that extra, you know. Shatter's that gray goops. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's almost like your 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 crumble, your um, your 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 sugar, your live resin, your batter. You know, it's all vodka, but fucking shatters that great goose and why is that more nerdery because it is refined twice so uh, for you uh, non podheads out there I'm talking about smoking THC extract so you know you got your like your vanilla extract well uh, we got THC extract THC is the part that makes you high some of these they have like terpenes and shit added and different kinds of like CBD added perhaps but the THC is what they are isolating taking out and you're really just smoking that it gets called a lot of different things if you're splitting hairs as we were with guitar pedals they're in different categories but it's all concentrate and um there's a several different means of extracting it from the plant one of them is using butane and like a cylinder and compression and um You can do that, and if you do that twice, if you do the butane method twice, you will get a slightly more potent... That's how you get shit. That's like 90% THC. Like, you know, you'll look at... Or even, like, you know, you'll look at, like, some crumbles. They'll be, like, 83.5. You'll get some shatter. It'll be, like, 86 or maybe even 90. You know what I mean? And um, that's because it's refined twice. They do that butane method twice, but then it makes it like this brown... Crunchy, like f- something that used to be a liquid but is now frozen in a melting pile. So it's a melted pile of goo that's hard as fuck. And when you hit it, it goes to like ping off. But I got some bunch of silicone containers. It was actually brood girl. Just I've had these forever too, billions of them, and I never use them. Usually shatter comes. It just comes in kind of like when you would buy street dabs in parchment paper, and um. I never realized, I'm like, why does everything else, now that weed's legal and you get it from dispensary, I'm like, why does everything else come in glass and the most expensive
1: one still comes in paper? And I, and I
0: always take it off the paper because the paper rips and then you lose it and it's hard as fuck. So I put it – this one came in a glass jar with it in paper and it doesn't – it all got melted and stuck to the glass. Not at all, but like – the, the, the last couple hits, you know, and it's like really hard to scrape off and shit. You can still smoke it. It's just hard to work with. Rude Girl Jess was like, Andrew, that's why they don't package it in glass. You got to put it in silicone. That's why they put it in parchment paper. It doesn't do well with glass. And I was like, wow, your brain surgery really healed. <laughs> I was saying the other day, I was like, yo, I'm not going to lie. Because like Jess, if you don't know, she like, she had a craniotomy. Like she had a brain tumor that like cut that shit out. Out of her head they cut open with a saw a square out of her skull saw electricity running through parts of her brain with like the naked eye I don't know how the fuck that works but that's what the surgeon said and they cut that shit out then she had a stroke and like so you know like it took her a while to get things straight I used to be able to get away with shit <laughs> more two years ago she was a little slower you know what i mean she was only real fucked up because she was real fucked up like mentally challenged levels for like a couple months believe it or not but uh then you know after like three months she was pretty much back to herself but i could definitely get away with more shit (laughs) now i'm like damn yo you're healed she'd be calling out my bullshit a lot more (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I could have got away with that lie more a year ago. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much this uh fits me. This whole you healing thing.
1: Pardon my French, but you're an asshole!
0: Uh yes, yes. Uh yeah. So uh we're gonna do away. Late movie review. I guess we're going for a 90 minutes show. You know what I'm saying? I gotta get some guitar playing, and I've been playing guitar like a motherfucker. I went and um, I'm gonna let you in on a little uh, little secret. I've been working with my six year olds, my eight year olds, and Jessica. This like hardcore, awesome us playing I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and like it's sounding good with my children on some of the instruments. <laughs> so we've been practicing real hard and I'm playing lead guitar and I, I, I need to master the solo. And in the middle, I have the beginning down like a motherfucker and I mean, he uses like a tremolo, like a whammy bar and I don't have one. I have a um a, like a bolt on a, a, a fixed bridge, you know what I mean? But like oh, I got it so down yo, I bend the neck and the body like apart from each other and like knock it out of tune When he does like when he bends like those A's in the solo cuz like if you really think of the I love rock and roll solo It's very classic and it was uh, like you can really hear what's going on and like so at first they play the Like typical riff that's been the little lead lick that goes on throughout the entire song of the verses So it starts out with that And then, like, the next couple parts are really just, like, noises. Like, they do, like, this, like, weird, like, little wobble bend. I don't even want to call it a bend. It's more of a wobble on the uh, second fret of the E string and get, like, a different, like, tone. And then they hit this E major 7, which you don't... Here in punk rock, you know what I mean. It's more of like a country CCR type tone, and that and he knocks it out of tune. And oh my God, I'm shitting my pants. I couldn't believe like I got that down. But then the next part, it goes. It took me a while to figure out what was going on. But it's these three bends. It's the same bend three times, and the bend like does like a hammer on to a different note each time, like an E, a B, and then a lick. Those bends, I have figured out the timing, but oh my God, do I suck at bends and I need to get these bends down. And if I get these bends down, I will have the whole solo because the part after that is this descending line that I could like play in my sleep. And then it's just like this, like this is like pentatonic walk out into an A power chord and I bend the neck like I do. If I can get that middle part, see, like I'm a bass player. This is not a hard task. People I play in bands with are probably laughing at me and can pull this off in a second. I am first of all. I'm trying to play it note for note. I'm not doing my own thing. I'm trying to play it note for note where like I can play with the record and it's seamless because I have that with the verses and shit and the little the little bends she puts in there the boom and the down 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 fuck is fucking awesome <laughs> but i need to master this solo i need to and i i, I gotta i'm gonna go on another rant we'll go on another rant it's a fun one though it's a good one fucking i hear people i'm just gonna tell you Justin cali and he does see what i'm saying now i will give him credit i said well uh you know i'm playing that part wrong and he goes well, you can't really play anything wrong. I was like, bullshit. You can play things wrong. He was like, yeah, but my guitar teacher said, you know, it's music, and you know, it's all like arbitrary. And I'm like, nah. Hold on. First of all, get a new music teacher. Now, second of all, now are are we? Is my band covering a song? Are we covering a song? Or are we gonna do our own rendition of it? Do I wanna make it me? Okay, then I'll make it me. However. Am I using that as an excuse because I am not a technician enough to accomplish the playing that's going on in the speakers? Ooh, ooh, and you got to look in the mirror and be real and be like, am I doing this this way because I want it to be me? or because I can't do it as good as the record. Because if you're gonna make it you, why make it you but a shittier version? That's like getting ready to have sex with a woman and having a man with a way larger dick pull his pants down in front of her first. Like, why would you do that? Like, everybody knows that solo. Why would I do it my way, shittier, out of time and out of tune and be like, well, it's me. No. If I want to make it me, well then it better be fucking better, or I better play it the right fucking way. So, that's what I mean. That's really what it comes down to, and it's really me challenging myself. Uh, Yeah, sure, I don't need to play that exact lick that comes off that bend I can't quite make, which is by far the hardest transition in the solo for me, but I will one day. And I will be a bending motherfucker, motherfucker. Now I mean, all right, yeah, we got mad comments. I don't know. I'll read through some of them. I'm gonna play a track. I was talking about the lovely lady Renee blanks, and my shit is not working right now. Oi, all right. We are going to play some Blank 77. People are talking about the Denver show. We should talk about the Denver show. They just played Punk's Night. It was definitely awesome. I saw videos. I heard plenty of stories. We're going to play London Boys, though. A, uh, yeah, the first track... On vinyl, I ever owned by Blanks. The first single, I did have the pogo attack first, but this was them, Fucking Faces on the B side, one of their German releases, early releases, with the Johnny. Thunder's cover. This is a really bad recording that I like tried to salvage from a record that we played on a shitty needle into a shitty board (laughs) and uh, we threw it up on Spotify. Here's Blanks with London Boys. Yeah, no one has the masters. God damn, that's an awesome track, and the guitar solo is, like, non-existent. Renee plays this killer. She has, like, one quick solo, like, a couple bars, and then one twice as long at the end, and she, like, mirrors what she does in the beginning of the solo, but then, like, ad-libs it with bigger bends in the second part of the solo, and you can't hear fucking none of it! Nah, it's all my fault. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be up there if it wasn't for me, so, like, you know, you're welcome, <laughs> but... It's not my fault technology sucks sometimes. Yes, all right. So, uh, yeah. So how's everybody doing? Thanks for listening watching. If you guys are uh, watching the live show, remember go to PogoCity.com and iTunes, Spotify. You can catch the show in its entirety. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to talk about, I I thought I was going to need content, and I don't. So you know what? Ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay, we can't really talk about Punky Night. I wasn't fucking there. I know uh, blanks. I know Renee. I have to re- refer to Renee and Mike as Renee and Mike. I know Renee had a good fucking time and uh, said it was amazing. And it's funny. I was talking to her about Punksylvania, and she said, "Dude, we played bowling, and we don't even we didn't even play the main stage." She said we played the roof and we played the club show with the Exploited, but we didn't play the main stage. She said we didn't have to pay for anything and we had vip throughout the whole entire thing the entire weekend and we got punks i remember last year i was like damn like i remember looking at the pictures and being like it's even worse than i thought it would be because they weren't even showing pictures and the only picture they showed was like a really far away shot from the cabin and it was very like what went wrong was kind of that's not like what it actually said but it was like So what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Please tell us what you didn't like about it, and we'll try and fix it. And what you didn't like, we'll try and make better next year. Like, it made it seem like it went poor, and then I'm like, damn, there's no one in the pictures. And I'm like, but what I don't get is there's a million bands playing. So if anything, I'm not going to lie, I've had some shows where it's like just the bands are there. It fucking sucks when the bands and their girlfriends are the only ones there.
1: I am rock and roll.
0: But... I was like, how come so many bands are playing? I was like, it should be a nice crowd, but it's because they're charging the bands to stay. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Charging the bands they're not paying to stay. Charging the bands they're not paying to stay. Charging the bands they're not paying admission to other days of the lame show. Okay, yes, back to the tracks. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We're going to talk about Tank Girl. (laughs) I'm a little stoned. We're going to talk about Tank Girl. I was stoned when I watched Tank Girl, too. (laughs) I'm stoned all the time. Uh, Yes, but uh, Tank Girl, what is it, Lori Petty? Lori Petty, yes. If you don't know who she is, I will say, so this came out, you know, I was like seven, eight. I thought she was the hottest thing ever. She was like a Gwen Stefani-ish, but it's like, in hindsight, very attractive, but like, she was a lot better in my head when I was younger. But I think it's just because like I've watched Orange is the New Black and the way her character is portrayed in Orange is the New Black isn't quite... The character in Tank Girl. <laughs> but, like, it's just some awesome, good looking punk chick in awesome clothes driving around with a tank taken so if you really want to know we, we do these way late movie reviews I've started doing where uh, you know I don't I don't really I mean if I feel like spoiling a movie I'll spoil it but we've decided to talk about movies that have been released for years and I can completely spoiled spoil because like you should have seen them by now this thing's like 30 years old <laughs> but, Uh 25 20 years old 25 whatever and um, but uh, what it is so also talk Totally awesome. Malcolm McDowell, the, uh, the bad guy star, if you will. And uh, so Clockwork Orange, Alex, there was me. That is Alex, and my three droogs. That is Pete, Georgie and dim, and we sat around the Kroba milk bar, trying to make up all razu dalks of what to do with the evening. Oh, god damn, I could literally, I've had people tell me, Andrew, shut up, stop doing that, we're watching the movie, because I could do it the entire thing. All of the old bedlam practices would be like, let's play red-headed girl in East Coast punks, okay, let's go watch Clockwork. <laughs> We watched it multiple times a day. And um, so Malcolm, you know, Alex from the movie, is the bad guy. And what it is is a post-apocalyptic world, I believe not all that far from now, like 22 years into the future. I think it was 2044, a giant comet hits Earth, and um, it hasn't rained since And it's, um, well, it happened in 2044, the comment, and it's like, I don't know, a decade later, and it hasn't rained since, so the Department of Water and Power, which is headed by Malcolm McDowell, run the world, because they have all the water, and they're jailing these punk rock type fucking, um, what's that, um, Melbourne? Gibson movies, the old ones where they run around the desert, like that Rick and Morty episode, Max Mad Max. So these Mad Max punk rock hybrids, okay? They're like stealing water and like, you know, breaking all the rules and being like punk rock teenage 20 years old and shit. You know what I mean? And there's a young girl too. And... Um, so, you know, shit gets south and Tank Girl's a bad bitch and they come and they raid her house, but she's like outside of it and she picks off like mad of them. But like they kill everyone inside before she's there and they kidnap the little girl and now she's on like a uh, mission of vengeance and then she gets caught and they torture the fuck out of this bitch in like some far off futuristic Space Odyssey fucking Fucked up ways like dropping her in like uh, upside down in a hundred and forty foot pole and just leaving her there with a capped off pipe, you know what I mean? Uh, For like days and like freezing her and they they make it look it's 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 a little it's there's the kangaroo people. It then out of nowhere it takes like this super left turn into sci-fi land. But like some of the torture shit, the way they're making her up, like she would be dead, but they make her look so cool. And it is a little um, sci-fi when they get to the kangaroo hybrid people that are Ice Tea. One of them is a former police officer who is now a kangaroo man who basically has the powers of a velociraptor. <laughs> And there are like eight of these motherfuckers and uh, yeah, I forgot the Rippers. That's what they are. The Rippers. And um, who is Jet Girl? I was looking in the cast and it was actually somebody I knew and I didn't recognize it was her. But uh, regardless, yeah, definitely an awesome cult classic, like definition of a cult classic. I mean it's Mad Max meets SLC Punk meets Escape from LA, New York, whatever, you know. So <laughs> Dude, it's fucking awesome. And Lori Petty looks hot as shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she totally does. She has, like, this ridiculous hair that's styled like a Dr. Seuss character differently in every scene. (laughs) Like, sometimes it's braided, sometimes it's a mohawk, sometimes it's a Chelsea. It's just... Absolutely insane every time her clothes change and most of her head is shaved somehow. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you look at her, the bitch has got like 67 hairs on her head, but 45 hairstyles. Like, I don't know who the fuck did that makeup and hair, but you fucking (laughs) rock. But it's just a cult classic. Cult classic with Malcolm... Mick. Dowell not McLaurin Malcolm McDowell yeah that's what I'm trying to say how about like oh my god I just dropped myself I hate when that happens if you guys are watching on video I hit the hydraulic thing of my chair and fell (laughs) slipped down yes the mids uh Paul Gilbert's the man always scoop the mids people talking about Denver blank 77 was the shit this past weekend among other the riffs were on the wait list for a long time damn Thanks for listening, guys. What's up, Jason? And uh, sorry, I know I talked a bunch of shit on Punksylvania, and a lot of my friends are associated with it, and their logos might be at the bottom of the flyer for some reason, and my friends are in the bands. So but guys, shit is crazy. I'm getting the fucks out of here. Oh, feels good to have the muzzle off. We are going to leave you with some motherfucking punk rock. You know, go fuck yourself. We're going to get muted on certain platforms. And I don't have the wild card button anymore. Wow card, bitches! I had a problem with a button. You don't want to hear the details. But the wild card is a segment we don't do that often anymore because we get muted on certain platforms. But this will not be muted if it is in the video. It's not muted in the podcast anywhere, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But go check out the podcast, always for the best clarity. And remember, Spotify iTunes, Apple Music, pretty much everywhere, podcasts are found, also at PogoCity.com, and like I said, that one-sided, Parasitic's awesome, awesome, awesome awesome-sounding record will be out soon, thanks to everybody who pre-ordered, can't wait to get it out, getting the cover worked on tomorrow, gotta get that handled, Uh, well, we got the cover, getting the jacket Rob R.I.P. did the cover, but uh, he was supposed to do the whole thing, passed away, did an awesome memorial show for him in Scranton, there were more people at that, and there will be at Punksylvania. and <laughs> we're going to get out of here with a wild card where we play something a little off format, and I'm going to play the motherfucking Kinks, son. We're going to play the Kinks, and it's going to be you really got me and listen for that overdriven guitar that is probably a lacerated speaker cone catch you guys later Andrew Bedlam fuck off love ya here's the kinks wild card bitches oh you sons of bitches you screwed me again they screwed me again alright here's the kinks thanks for listening everybody (coughs)